Thank you for tuning into this first bonus episode on our Enneagram series with my friend Tammy Imlay, Enneagram coach. In today's episode, we will cover in general what the Enneagram is, and we'll cover the first three numbers. In each of the following three episodes, we will cover three more numbers. If you want to learn more about yourself and others, how to be a better parent, a better spouse, a better coworker, please tune in. And don't forget, as we remind you in one of the shows, to drop the number that you think you are into our DMs on Instagram and on Facebook. Another reminder that until March 15th, if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, you will be entered into a drawing to win the Freedom Journal by John Lee Dumas, about a $30 value, and I'll send it out to you free of charge. So grab a pen and a pad and take some notes and be prepared to learn more about yourself and others to help you live a better life. Welcome to the Beacons of Bravery podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Norman, former perfectionist, people pleaser, and rule follower who woke up one day and realized I'd been living somebody else's dream because of my fear of stepping outside the lines. That's why I started this podcast, to interview authors, entrepreneurs, and everyday people who learn to overcome their fears and obstacles in order to live the life of their dreams shine the light on how we can live the life of our dreams. Welcome back to the show, Tammy. Back Hi. by popular demand. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And welcome to my show. This yes. Is, this it'll is be the first time. time that I have a guest on my show. So I'm really excited because that's what I'm, I'm my next step with my podcast is that I'm going to have guests. So this is a good way to start. Sweet. Well, we mentioned the last time you were on, and I'm sure your audience knows as well that you are an Enneagram coach. I am. And I, I'd love to dig into that. I'm so excited for this little series that we're doing on the Enneagram. Yes. And specifically towards the end of it, we'll tweak it to be how, um, what your Enneagram number is affects how you deal with fear and different things. So I can't wait to get started. And I think probably most people have heard the term now thrown out there. And it kind of is a weird sounding name. I thought, is this like a cult or something? You know, when I first heard it, but could you give us just a brief 30,000 foot view of what the Enneagram is kind of where it came about. And then I might have some follow-up questions. Absolutely. So the Enneagram is a, um, it's kind of classified with all of the personality assessments and things, mm-hmm. but it's very unique in that it is nature versus nurture. So it's, you are, when you're born, you're born with a specific number, mm-hmm. but the part that it's different does it kind of, you know, a lot of them like the Myers-Briggs and all of the disc and the strengths finder, you know, you use it and you can, um, you can grow in certain areas but it kind of gives you, puts you in a box of like, this is who you are. This is your traits. Mm-hmm. Well, the Enneagram actually will set you outside of the box, put you on top of the box and gives you a framework 
it's more of like a lens you see your 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 life through your personality through Mm -hmm. your and it's based on core motivation so your core fear your core longing your core desire and those core um, attributes are ingrained in you from when you were born Mm. and then how your that's kind of the lens you see the world. So there's nine Enneagram numbers. Mm-hmm. And another unique part is you're not stuck with one number. Like, uh, you know, this, and we will reference a lot. Like I'm an Enneagram one with a really strong um, nine wing. And mm-hmm. I also realize that I have a strong two wing as well. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that I don't have traits of a three mm-hmm. or a six. Um, you're actually a little bit about of each number. Mm-hmm. It just, what is your main type? Which, which pair of sunglasses do you see all the other numbers through? Oh, and so perfect. that's the difference. I love that analogy of the sunglasses. It's, it's just kind of changing how you view the world. Mm-hmm. Well, so is this just a new fad? Is this just something that somebody thought up, you know, two years ago and ran with, or, or um, <laughs> I'm go back a little bit more? Right. Um, no, when I first heard about it, I actually was very standoffish um, because I'm like, what is this Enneagram, your number and everyone, it's such a, I don't get on board with um, fads really quickly. Yeah. I'm a behind the scenes. I'm a, I'm usually a year or two behind trends and I like to just bring up the rear and, you know, finish it off. And um, when it's long gone, that's when I like, oh yeah, I'm here. Um, but <laughs> I realized that in my field, um, when I was, you know, in therapy and as a coach, I realized that, you know, what we deal with a lot is how people see things. And um, this has actually been around for years and years and years. Like it is ancient. Mm-hmm. Um, and which you can see by just the symbol, it's an ancient symbol. Mm-hmm. And, and so, no, it's not just a fad. Now, do I think it's really gaining momentum and being really popular right now? Absolutely. Which is also why it's important that you get your information in credible areas. Um, because, you know, as a coach, um, I've been a coach for a certified coach for over a year. I've done, I've studied the Enneagram for over two, but I still don't know all of it. There are still things that I don't know. And if you ever, and the experts that I trust, all say the same thing of, you know, they are very well read, but they are very leery and weary about, um, you know, giving specific answers. And because it's more about the growth process and there's a lot of people who say they're experts, but really have not done their work. And so it's important that you, you look at the credible sources and, um, and in the show notes, I can list some um, sources that I trust. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know what you mean by kind of gaining momentum. And, you know, when people know your number or you throw around your number, then it can be almost like your label. Oh, that's so three of you. I mean, that's just what I mean. But like you said, you're more than your number. It just helps you understand why you do the things you do and why you don't do the things you might should do. Right. It gives that answer of, why I want this. Why can I not do this? Well, it's usually based in fear. And when I went through and, um, and so I'm a type one, like I mentioned, but I, which actually is common. I found out with type ones. Um, I took like 
every assessment possible because I did not want that. It resonated and I did not want to be a type one. And um, the one thing that I learned and another reason why I was so hesitant about the Enneagram at first is it's so focused on negative traits Mm -hmm. on what, you know, what you do that's not healthy. Mm -hmm. And when I started studying it for real and realized the whole purpose of that is Um, One is it's so much easier for us to focus on the negative. We have a negative bias where we can do a million things good a day and mess up one time. Or at the end of the day, we're going to focus on that one negative thing. So with that negative bias, it lends itself to we can resonate with the negative side of the number before we start looking and give ourselves that freedom to look at the positive sides of the number. Yeah. And when I realized that it kind of opened some doors yeah. It also showed me that some of the things that I thought were weaknesses or that were my weaknesses were actually my strengths and my superpowers that I have not stepped into yet. Mm-hmm. And I find with a lot of my clients, it's the same thing. Those things that scare you the most are the things that you need to do. Oh, hundred percent. So we're going to kind of go into briefly describing the different numbers coming up, but you mentioned some assessments that you can take a test or, or whatever. Um, do you have any recommendations on the top of your head or you want to save it for the show notes? I'm sure I can. There's two that I use. Mm -hmm. Um, there's there, I got certified through a program called your Enneagram coach Mm -hmm. and it's your Enneagram coach.com. And they do have a free assessment. That one is Mm faith-based. And, and so a lot of the questions and a lot of the, um, information will be, of the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And then the other one that I really like is from the Enneagram Institute. Um, it does cost $12, but it's $12 well spent. Like you will, you will get a very detailed document. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I want to tell you is that when you're taking the test, like you want to, you want to be in the right frame of mind. One is do not judge yourself or your, you know, it's a lot of it is like it's a range between one to five or less likely, more likely those kind of questions. Um, you have to be non-judgmental. There is no bad number. There's no wrong number. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is what it is. And those, you know, once you know, you can grow. Um, and then when you're taking the test, think back when you were in your twenties. And the idea with that is we were a lot more intense in our twenties. We were a lot more, our, our feelings about things were more um, resolute. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the idea is as you grow, you kind of mellow and you kind of realize there's a lot more gray. And so things that like when you're twenties, you may like, I know always, this is how it is. And now that, you know, in your, your forties or however old you are, Mm -hmm. it may be like, no, I, I get that. Maybe, you know, it's sometimes, but I can see how that's not always the right way, or mm-hmm. I don't always think that way. So that's why it's, um, it's good to think back in your twenties. And I've had friends who've taken it, who said that what they did is they played the music from that they loved from <laughs> when they were in their twenties to really get into it and, yeah. um, and take it, but it takes about 40 minutes to take those two assessments okay. and you want to do it in one time. And I've always heard the saying or the recommendation that you, you can't type somebody else, even though you may think, oh, that person is for sure a nine, Um, you know, they have to, you can't answer for them. And especially not when they were in their twenties. Absolutely. 
Well, and the idea behind that is you are more than your number. Like this is just a guide. This is not going to say who you are and what you stand for. Mm-hmm. And the other part about this is it's all about core motivations. This is the underlying and unsaid motivations that are deep inside of you mm-hmm. that you may not even know yourself. And it's, whereas a lot of the, like the Myers-Briggs and things are about behaviors. Mm-hmm. Well, you could have nine people doing the exact same behavior, but for nine different reasons. And that's why you cannot type people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will tell you that there's times that, you know, there's like, oh, that, that is a three trait. I, I can recognize that. Yeah. Or um, there's times that I really would like to know other people's numbers just because I feel like I can be more compassionate. Mm-hmm. And that's the other aspect of the Enneagram that I absolutely love is it's not just about knowing your number, but if you realize that you and I, we can see the same thing, but we see it with different glasses on. So mine may be a little bit darker or yours may be a little bit more rosy or, you know, you know, it's, we're looking at the same thing, but through our own experience, through our own lenses, through our own fears. Mm-hmm. And so that's another reason you don't want to type people, but knowing their number or knowing a, a, all of the numbers helps you be a little more compassionate to, okay, this they're reacting instead of responding. They're like, they're acting out of fear. I don't know, may not know what fear, but you can at least have compassion and understand what they're, where they're coming from. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and just realizing not everybody thinks like I think, you know, right. <laughs> that's a big no. thing. People's behaviors can drive you crazy. And then you find out, oh, there are three, they're driven to perform and achieve. I mean, threes to me are pretty easy to spot, but again, (laughs) we we don't want to, and a three just for the listeners who are not used to that is a successful achiever. And, um, and so, yeah, they, they want success and they will, you know, for the most part, do whatever they need to do in order to get it. And, um, but yeah, they, a lot of these, as you know, that the traits are easier to spot, <laughs> yeah. um, but then it also allows you to see, okay, this is why they're saying what they, cause they want to appear successful. Mm-hmm. You know, their fear is, you know, being exposed or incompetent. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to act out that. So maybe they act in a way that's like, wow, that's a little obnoxious. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not just threes that are obnoxious. Every number can be obnoxious, <laughs> but they would be, you know, then you can understand, oh, they are fighting, whatever their battle they're fighting, this is what they need to appear as. Mm-hmm. And so you can speak to that and you can speak life to them and say, Hey, you know, I like you for you. It doesn't matter how successful you are. Right. So let's dive right into the good stuff. Yes. So let me ask you, do you want to start with one or do we want to do the groupings of three? How do you think we can best talk about the different types? I think that we should do the groupings since our focus for this workshop is just to kind of give a highlight and an overview. And um, so I think what we'll do is in this, um, in this episode, let's focus on, um, well, the gut triad. So we'll do eight nines and ones, Mm -hmm. and we'll talk about them a little bit more. And then we can, um, in which when we talk about paths and things like, um, we can go into a little bit deeper, or again, we'll have to do another podcast and talk about it a little more deep because there's so much here. It's so fun. Okay. So let's start with your number and, and I'll just be honest with the audience. 
I have read books on this. I've taken assessments and I still am not exactly sure if I'm a nine or a one, whichever one I am, I have a very strong other side. And so I, when I kind of go through the lens of my twenties, I would say I was more one with a strong nine wing, whereas now I identify really strongly as a nine. So anyway, this is your number and possibly my number. So let's go into what is the one? Yes. So the one is the moral perfectionist. And the idea behind the one is that their, their fear is being wrong or being evil or bad, inappropriate, unredeemable or corruptible. Mm. And so ones really are, they want to be good. Mm -hmm. They want to do things right. And it's not just for them, but it's for the good of society. Um, A one is, you know, is a great number to have in a group Mm -hmm. because they really can look and push things through and make sure that what's going on is ethical Mm -hmm. and make sure that they, things are done properly. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you can see how that also can be a hindrance because one thing that characteristics a one is the inner critic. Mm -hmm. So there's other, you know, the the voices in your head, Um, the voice in your head for a one is unique that none of the other ones have it as the same way one does. So the inner critic, and it's called that for a reason, because ones, they can walk into a room and see every problem Mm -hmm. immediately. They can spot every um, inconsistency. They can spot anything that's wrong, out of place. They can um, see ways to fix it. They know in their, in their heart, the best way to do things. Are they always right? No, but you know, we try. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the idea is it's, and the voice is so loud mm-hmm. that for, you know, it's uh, ones can seem very judgmental, mm-hmm. but the idea is it's not as judgmental as you would think. It's more because we want to be the best version of ourselves. Mm-hmm but we also want you to be the best version of you. And so um, your ones are bossy, like they, but they come at it with love. And um, as I read and as I study my own number, because I am a one. And like I said, I took multiple tests because I'm like, I don't want to be this. I don't want to be this bossy, know it all. But then I realized the gifts that I offered and, and I started to embrace the high side, the healthy side of one and realizing that though I need to learn to calm my inner critic and realize that a lot of what it says is lies or they're not, it's not necessarily something I need to listen to. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just fears that keep me stuck, but it's also the gift that I can offer because I can see problems that are going to arise or that are, you know, if we go into a situation, I can typically see where the problem is and see a way to fix it Mm -hmm. and, or at least be able to talk it through with somebody who is more capable Mm -hmm. than me to fix it. That doesn't sound so much like me. (laughs) Usually I sit back and let somebody else solve the problem. Um, Okay. Which is very nice. Yeah, I know. Um, but you mentioned when we were first introducing this, um, that every number has a core 
motivation or, yes. or so what is a one's core motivation? So uh, the core motivation is having integrity, being good, balanced, accurate, virtuous, and right. Rule follower, right? Rule follower. And yes. Want other people to yes. be the same. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's not just it's like for the good of society, which I say that because when we get to talk about number eight, um, eights are very much their rule followers, but it's based on their perceptions of how things should be. Okay. And so ones are for the outward, whereas mm-hmm. it's, it's more for inward. And we'll talk about why when we get to eights. Okay. Um, but the, the core desire that ones want to hear is that you are good. Mm. And so that's what drives them because they want to be good. They want to be good at what they do. They want to be seen as someone who is moral and someone who is um, honest and can be trusted. And so sometimes in order to get that, we are more forceful than we should, than we need to be. Yeah. Um, but then again, that's, that's as we go on our health path, as we grow, then we can allow that to mellow a little bit and realize that we can be good for reasons outside of our actions. Yes. Mm. I think that's a good place to, to stop and go over okay. to the next number because you yes. just put a pretty little bow on that. Absolutely. Let's now number nines. We'll, yes. we'll, we'll just work backwards. Okay. Um, and so nine is the peaceful mediator. Mm-hmm. So this is the, the number that goes along to get along mm-hmm. and their core fear is being in conflict, tension or discord, feeling shut out or overlooked, losing connection with and relationships with others. Mm-hmm. So with a nine, it's so important to be seen and heard, but it's also fearful to be seen and heard because mm-hmm. what if they are overlooked or what if they cause someone else pain? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times your nines, which one of the superpowers of a nine is the wisdom that they carry. When you walk into a room and you have a conversation and you know, those people that you, you just feel completely seen by mm-hmm. that. You feel like your soul is heard by talking to them, whether they knew you or not. Mm-hmm. Typically that is a nine that you have encountered. And that is, you know, their core longing is to have inner stability and peace. Mm-hmm. So they will do whatever they can to have peace in their life. And um, their core desire is to, to be heard and seen and know that their presence matters. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes with a nine, you, you have to actually step back when you're with a nine and realize as much as you've been seen and heard, that's what you need to do for them as well. Yeah. You need to stop and you need to listen to them as well, because that's their core. They're giving you what their heart is. Yeah. And so, and sometimes nines take a long time to get to things. They talk around in circles, but it's, I'm a nine. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not typing you, but I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I feel, feel better now. Now you'll see and heard. (laughs) Yeah, I do. Totally. Um, So I've heard this before and I can totally relate. I'll go two different places. One is I can, you, you mentioned walking into a room, I can take the temperature of everybody and how they're feeling. And if there's any tension at all, I feel it myself. Yes. Is that common? 
That's very common. <laughs> so the one that's another superpower of a nine is they can walk in and they actually have the ability to, and, and again, it's, it's not, you have to develop it mm-hmm. and you have to recognize it. And, you know, and every number can do this, but it becomes, it's more natural for a nine, but nines actually can see things from other people's perspectives. Mm-hmm. They can remove themselves from the situation and their fears from the situation and really just look at what is, what, what frustrations or what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. And so a nine, typically you, exactly. You walk into a room and you, you can read the room immediately and feel the energy and understand what's going on and know what people need yeah. in that moment. This is the other thing that I've heard about nine that I relate with. And it's that tendency to, I'm going to call it merge with other people. So like my whole life, and I'm sorry, I'm going on about a nine, but no, that's a great number. This is four. <laughs> I've been that peacemaker, kind of a more um, timid person, I would say, but I've always merged and been attracted to very strong personality types. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like a parasite <laughs> that latches onto them and gets my strength from them. You know, is that something that's common? Yes. So I would, so merging, I think is a little bit, um, I don't know if I, I don't know if I would use that word. Yeah. I think that's more of a three. They where they become the number that's around them. They oh. they they adapt to whatever is in the room. Mm-hmm. I would say a nine. The typically you fall asleep to your own desires, mm-hmm. but because you feel someone else what they need and you're willing to give it, you kind of lose yourself and and just mirror what what they are doing and what they're going through and their um you know, what their likes are. And so in order to keep the peace and you don't want to cause conflict, you will, it's easier for you to, um, you know, like the Julia Roberts movie about, um, the runaway bride, Uh you know, how the eggs, right. It's, and that one, that's a perfect example of, she didn't know what type of eggs she wanted. Yeah. So she liked whatever eggs the other person had. (laughs) And she didn't, it didn't mean that she liked it. She just was asleep to herself and did not consider her thoughts and feelings and needs. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, it's eggs. It's not a big deal. And so that's kind of, that's how I see the nines is it's not that it becomes their right. desire, but their desire falls asleep. And so they just take on whatever and just accept it yeah. and because they want to be, um, go along to get along. Mm-hmm totally can relate to that. And I think you explained that well. The other thing that I've heard, and, and I experienced this, is that when you're reading or hearing about the different types, a nine, which is what I do, is I see myself, I'm like, oh, that's me. Oh, that's me. Oh, that's me. With every type except eight. I, I see the eight and I'm like, that is not me. But which yeah. is interesting because that's your wing. Like an eight is, you know, the nine, you have a eight wing and a one wing. Yeah. But is that common? Like a nine can see them, you know, you're kind of like, it's just that you sense everything and you kind of take it all on. Yes. And again, that's because you're, because you have adapted, Mm -hmm. you have, you know, you're not as in tune to your own needs and desires and your preferences Mm-hmm. as much as you are in tune to everyone else's. And gotcha. so it's you, and a lot of nines, and I've worked with several that 
we, when we start to get down to things and I'm like, well, what do you want or what do you feel here? And it really takes them a while and a you know, a long time to really get to the bottom of, oh, I'm allowed to have an opinion here Yeah, and, and then figure out what it is because they've never actually done that. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that is because they're so in tune to everyone else and get pouring out that a lot of nines, if you don't do the, the self work, mm-hmm. then you're pouring out and you're actually drained and empty for yourself mm-hmm. and you may not know yourself at all. Yeah. Yep. That's exclamation point right there. Well, and, and then to, to go a step further is people don't see it because you're still pouring out yeah. and you're still so focused and helping other people be seen. So mm-hmm. if you have a nine friend, check on your nine friend and sit <laughs> and listen to him or her and just now call me, right? My friends call me. <laughs> um, okay. So now let's go on to my least understood number. Um, just because I, I just can't relate, but let's go on to the eights. Yes. The, so eights. the eight is the protective challenger. So the eights are um, the, the strongest mentally. Like, mm-hmm. and, and again, if they don't do their, you know, there's, there is paths, which I mean, we won't get into it now because of the time constraint, but mm-hmm. you know, there's a growth path and a stress path and a blind spot and a convergence path. And, and so it's, and there's also levels of health. Mm-hmm. And so with an eight, the, uh, the more unhealthy they are, the harder they are to deal with mm-hmm. and the harder they are to be around. Um, and the, the more forceful that they feel they should become. Mm-hmm. And so the protective challenger characteristics. What are yes. Some? So their fear is being weak, powerless, harmed, controlled, vulnerable, manipulated, and left at the mercy of injustice. Mm-hmm. So injustice is really what the core is. And they, a lot of times will control to avoid being controlled. Mm-hmm. Now this type eight, again, you, you hear the negative side, mm-hmm. but these are the people who stand up and start nonprofits. Mm-hmm. These are the people who stand up and, you know, fight injustice and fight the horrors that go on in this world. Mm-hmm. So we need eights. We need oh, yeah. this strong personality. And a lot of them don't really care what you think of them, mm-hmm. which also is important because we need people like that to, yeah. who are good and to fight for the little guy, they fight for the underdog. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's important, but with that, they're also as, as much as they are tough on the inside, they are incredibly sensitive and a lot of them don't are not in touch with that. And so they are protecting themselves mm-hmm. and those in their inner circle. And so that's their core desire is to, they want to protect. So you can tell when you want to be protected, you put on armor Mm -hmm. and you make yourself appear appear bigger and stronger so that people don't see that, that weakness Mm -hmm. that you, that you perceive as weakness. I know we're not supposed to type other people, um, but I know I have some (laughs) eights in my life. Can you off the top of your head, think of somebody maybe famous that we might know who would fit the description of an eight, you know, uh, a leader, uh, you know, somebody who takes up a cause, anything like that? So uh, 
I should have realized you were going to ask this question and I should have <laughs> looked it up. Um, I believe, and I will, I believe Christine Kane, mm-hmm. and she is the leader of A21. Mm-hmm. I believe she is an eight and I think she's like said it, um, you know, publicly that she's mm-hmm. an eight. I could be wrong. And if I am, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> on the top of my head, but I would assume that she would be because of her role with, you know, fighting sex trafficking Mm -hmm. and how she is this tiny, adorable little fireball who is heading head on against these big, mean people that are um, doing horrible things to Mm -hmm. other humans. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely, I, I think I've heard her say that too, but she definitely is the healthier side of an yes. ace working yes. for a good cause. Um, there's also, you know, when they're not in health, they can be very, they can dominate and yeah. dominate. Yes. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of, and unfortunately a lot of people are probably do that because they don't know what to do with their energy. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing about a, an eight is the intensity level mm-hmm. is they don't know how to go lower. They don't, and they don't, they don't trust themselves or they don't feel that they don't, again, they don't want to be vulnerable and they don't want to be controlled. And if they don't come up as big and strong and forceful, then that adds the vulnerability. And that, you know, even though we see that vulnerability is really a strength, Mm -hmm. it's also really scary. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, this is, and I would say eights who are unhealthy could be really dangerous. Yeah. Well, you mentioned compassion when you notice, when you know somebody's number, and that has helped me a lot uh, with the eights in my life, because it's almost like I can picture them as a scared little child under underneath, you know, but they're putting on this bravado or, you know, there's all different types, Mm -hmm. but it does help with compassion. And, and then also realizing they're strong, you know? Mm -hmm. I've saddled myself next to a lot of eights in my life, like I was saying, because they'll, right. they'll bulldoze and I'm just along yes. for the ride. <laughs> that is a common um, characteristic. That's a, a lot of times eights are, um, when you, when you hear about the Enneagram, bulldoze is something that is typically said about the eight, that they're bulldozers. So you mentioned when we went into these first three numbers, that this was the gut triad. Any, any, I mean, like you said, it can get real complex, but what does that really mean that there's three triads, you know? So what does that mean? The gut triad? So the gut, so there's the heart, the head and the gut triad. Mm -hmm. And so one of the characteristics, and a lot of times, like if you are, um, when you're trying to figure out your number Mm -hmm. and maybe the, a lot of people don't like the assessments and that's, that's okay. You can actually figure it out by, you know, process of elimination. And the first thing you start with is the triad Mm -hmm. and you start. So gut, meaning that your gut leads. Mm -hmm. So your gut feeling takes precedent over your heart or your, the way you're feeling or the way you're thinking your gut intuition is really strong. Mm -hmm. And that is one area in me. Like I know when I read that, that the gut, I was like, yes, because I have really strong gut feelings about things that are typically correct. Mm-hmm. And that is, and that's the way I perceive mm-hmm. things. Now, again, as you, as you start to get healthy and you realize you start to bring your heart and your head more into it and more balanced. And mm-hmm. I have working on doing that. But if I feel it in my gut, 
that the something is happening or something's right or wrong, typically that's what I listen to. And so that is the eights, nines, and ones have really good gut intuition. Mm. So I wonder what that means. Cause I can, I, I feel that. And I, I would say that that's, I have good gut instincts or I have gut instincts, Okay, but I will override them sometimes. And it has really put me in a world of hurt sometimes. So it's just strange. Yeah. I guess either my mind or heart is overriding. I, I don't know which, but yeah, strong. I, I know deep down something's I should go this way, but sometimes I go the other way instead. (laughs) Is that weird? Everything's weird. No, no. no, And that's, and that is, that's one thing that as you learn that that is your instinct, your main instinct, and then you, you don't have to be scared of it. You, Mm -hmm. you know, again, you do need to check with your head and your heart. You shouldn't only be led by your gut because that's never safe. And people who do that also make rash decisions. And, but if you have those intense feelings, like that's there by nature, like that is there as a way to lead you and guide you. And, and that is, um, yeah. And that's just something that you should be aware of. And as you, and when you get a gut instinct about it, you can learn to appreciate that instead mm-hmm. of be like, Ooh, I feel it this way, but I'm going to go this way. You're like, well, why let me use my head and my heart to figure out if the gut instinct is correct mm-hmm. instead of just be like, nope, I'm doing this way, even though it's opposite of what my gut is saying. <laughs> but sometimes it does lie. You get bad information, you know, mm-hmm. we are humans. So we don't want to run super long this time, but I think maybe a good way to end out this episode before mm-hmm. in, in future episodes in this workshop, we'll go into the other six numbers. Mm-hmm. If you could just briefly tell us which numbers are the heart triad and which are the yes. head or brain or sure. called it. Yep. So let, so I will talk a little bit about like the triads in general. So the three, you have the gut triad, which is the eight, nine and one. Mm-hmm. And so that's the instinctive center. And their emotional struggle is anger, which as a nine, I'm sure that you're like, no, I, I'm not angry. I'm a, I'm, I like peace. peace. <laughs> right. But, and that's something we can go into later as well, but anger is the emotional struggle. Yeah. And then also the common desire is justice. We want it to be, we, we do it for the good of the people. We do it for, um, it's, it's more, it's more than just ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the gut triad, the basics of the gut triad. Yeah. Okay. And so the next is the heart triad, Uh which is also the feeling center. And that is two, three, and four, which we will talk about um, a little bit more in depth next um, episode. And their emotional struggle is shame Shame. and shame. Mm. Yes. And that is something that, you know, that plagues them, that shame, And their common desire is significant identity. They want to mean something, which goes along with, you know, when you want to mean something and then you feel shame, whether you are, you know, you're confident in it or you are not doing what you should be doing. So you can see how those play a part Mm -hmm. as same with as anger and justice, like Mm -hmm. those two go hand in hand as well. Right. And then the third is the head triad, the thinking center. Mm -hmm. And they are five, six, and sevens. And uh, one of the things, you know, their emotional struggle is anxiety. Mm. So 
they are anxious about things, about research and what's going to happen. Worst case scenarios, best case scenarios. They are very in tune with the world around them and it plays a part. And if they don't learn to get a hold of that anxiety, then it does rule them. And their common desire is security. They want that safe and secure environment, which also plays into anxiety because if you are not safe and secure, you are anxious, mm-hmm. you, you know, and striving for that. So that's the overview of the triads. So as people are listening to this, they might like I do, and maybe it's the nine in me is you just mentioned, you know, all these things. And I'm like, well, I'm all of that. I'm anxious. I'm, you know, all this, I have shame, but what I want to kind of tie it back to what you said in the beginning, which was, we're all a bit of all of them. Mm -hmm. We just have one stronger, right? Is that how you would describe it? Yes. We have one main type, those main sunglasses that we put on. And then there's, there's a thing called paths. And I know if you're not, if you are not the lingo of the Enneagram is like, it's a whole other language and people start throwing out acronyms and and things and it goes crazy. So I'll, I'll stay very basic, Mm -hmm. but there's the, you know, the, the paths. And so like a type one with there's in stress, they actually can take on traits of like a type four. Mm-hmm. And then like the type nine, when they're in stress, they go towards the type six. And so if you realize that you are, which the type six, their, um, like their core feeling is anxiety itself mm-hmm. and fear itself. And so, um, that does plays a part of the, when you are stressed in order to gain that peace, you are very anxious about it. Mm-hmm. And so you'll see that, and that's more how you can become parts of the numbers and how there's so much more than you're not just a one or you're not just a nine, mm-hmm. you are, you know, nine on top of the box. And then you have your wings, which is the number to the left and to the right. Then you have your paths. And so even with that, the, you have a little bit of everything, but your main type is this pair of sunglasses that you have on first. Mm-hmm. And then the others are just the flavor that add um, to your personality. I like how you describe that. Well, as we come to the end of this episode, is there anything else that we kind of need to wrap it up what we're going to? And I'm sure the audience is really looking forward to uh, if they haven't heard their number yet, they're going to look forward to the next two episodes to learn more about their number. Absolutely. So one of the things is send us questions. If I said something or if you asked something that resonated like DM us one, um, you know, either me or, or you Carrie, and we will make sure that we address them. And I, I, like I said, I'm an Enneagram coach. I love talking about this. I have grown personally, um, from using the, this, and Mm -hmm. I, unlike a lot of the personality assessments, like I feel that I've actually grown and become healthier by understanding my core fears and realizing that sometimes I react in ways I don't want to, but now that I recognize, oh, this is a fear response, I can take a step back and then I can respond instead of react, which has yeah. made a world of difference. And so if you have questions, just reach out to us, please, because we can't address everything in this and I don't, and we don't know what your questions are. Right. Um, but if, and if you want to talk more about us, reach out as well. And we can, we can talk more about helping you find your number. Yeah. If you don't want to take an assessment, there's ways to, to do it, talk through and find mm-hmm. your number. 
And I mean, you've said a couple of times you're a certified uh, Enneagram coach and you tell us how you use that in your coaching. Do you find you make, you have the person take an assessment and then with that in mind, you help them navigate whatever they're going through? Absolutely. So the first thing we to recognize is when you take the assessment, it's just that it's kind of giving you a broad spectrum. It's giving you an idea. You may automatically say, yes, this resonates with me completely. Um, it typically gives you the top three numbers. And so you can be one of those three, typically not always, sometimes it's completely wrong when you're, when you're doing it, it's good to talk it through. And it's good to understand that you're not going to resonate with everything that they say. Uh on the paper or on the number because you are unique Uh and this is not meant to put you in a box. Um, One of my really good friends is another one and her and I, though we share the common fear and it's really funny because we both were like, Oh, my one is showing again, you know, (laughs) and, or, Oh, that's a one response. You know, we, we have that core fear that's like, but we respond in very different ways. So Uh you wouldn't even know that we both were ones unless you knew us and you knew that. But so I think, did I answer that question? Yeah. I mean, and so I'm just going to encourage people, if you're intrigued with the Enneagram and you also need some coaching in some area of your life, it's a really good way to go to somebody, a coach, an Enneagram coach who knowing your number can help, you know, help you navigate absolutely better. Well, and, and now I remember the question is how do I use this? And it's because if you understand your fears and you really start to look at them and, and be gentle with yourself and ask yourself why, then you can start to heal. You can start to grow. And then you can start to step out of the fear because now you know what it looks like. You know, for me realizing that I don't want to mess up. I don't want to, I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to seem prideful, mm-hmm. which has kept me from really stepping into my identity for so long. Mm-hmm. But when I realized that that's just my fear and realized, okay, I don't have to be perfect because no one is. And the people I talk to, they like me for me, not because I'm so good. Yeah. And it is, it allowed me to see that, identify it and then move forward. It allows me to take those small action steps in order to get the life that I want. Mm -hmm. And they're still there. Those fears are still in the back of my mind, but now I can recognize, and that's what I do for my clients is we identify the fears and we really see how has this been holding you back and what life do you want and how do you get it by stepping through the fears and using them as a power instead of a weakness. And I know that's the theme of my show and it's really the theme of your show as well. Doesn't matter where you've been, what you've been through, you have this life out there that you want to live and you're stuck in some way. This can help be a path through. Absolutely. Um, Since this episode is actually going to be on my show as well as yours, why don't you talk about your podcast for a moment? Okay. Tell us where they, where my people can find you. Well, it's called Beacons of Bravery. And if you're listening in one of my audience, you're like, you know that. But uh, anyway, because fear is something that I have struggled with, like anybody, most of my life, fear of public speaking, fear of all this kind of stuff, fear of being seen. I do not like to be seen, you know, out there, flashy, whatever. It's held me back in a lot of ways. And, and, 
then I would see other people out there, you know, maybe they're eights or, or whatever that were real strong. And I always wondered, how are they doing it? But realizing that everybody has to overcome fears. So on this show, I interview, and Tammy was a guest earlier, people who have either worked through their fears, overcome obstacles in order to be moving towards that life of their dreams. And they are the beacons that show the rest of us the way, the way through it. So that's it in a nutshell. And Tammy's podcast is... It's called Her Restored Spirit. And um, I want to help women who've been through hardships. Um, it's, and it's some men as well, but it's geared more towards women and moms. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I'm a widowed mom and I have really had to step into my identity and I've had to embrace the hard things that I've been through to get the life that I want. And so I use a, using my marriage family background, uh, marriage family therapy background, and being an Enneagram coach, I'm a restoration and confidence coach. And my goal for my podcast is just to give little tidbits of how you can start to restore your spirit, how you can start to step into the confidence and the identity that you, that you desire and that you deserve and really have the life that you want. So it's, it takes, you take the people from yours and, and I give them tips on how to do it. Yeah. So I hope everybody in both of our audience gets used to our voices together because we're going to be doing lots of duo episodes just because we what are. we do goes hand in hand. So as we bring this to the close, I really want to thank you, Tammy, you have shown the light on the Enneagram. And I know our audience is looking forward to the next two episodes in this workshop and yes. then whatever in the future that we awesome. decide to talk about. Well, and I just want to thank you for doing this with me as well. I, I, this is something that I wanted to do and talking about like, how do I present it to my people? And I just like the conversation part. So I, I appreciate you um, jumping on this, this bandwagon or jumping on this um, workshop and really talking about what the Enneagram is and what we both do. Yeah. Well, thank you everybody for listening in and stay tuned to parts two and three. Hope everybody goes out and has a great day. Thank you for listening to the Beacons of Bravery podcast. If you enjoyed the show, I would love it if you would go and rate and review the show and also share it with somebody who you think would benefit from listening to the message. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram, or you can email me at beaconsofbravery at gmail.com. I hope something that you heard today will help you go out and live a more joy-filled, inspired life. Don't keep playing it safe. Be brave today. And of course, a huge shout out to Steve Denny for providing the music for this podcast.